Welcome to Staffing Stories, hosted by Andy Moss. Andy has been in the staffing industry for over 25 years, first as a recruiter, then eventually an account manager and business owner. This is the podcast where we sit down with fellow staffing owners to get the real stories of the successes, the failures, and the lessons learned along the way. Welcome back to Staffing Stories. I'm your host, Andy Moss, and we are in the month of March, and this is a great month. It's uh, kind of the end of the quarter for most of us, but it's also the month of women, and March 8th is the International Women's Day, and I started thinking about it. I had a great conversation with Leslie Vickery. I know she is very in tune to this, so I'm having her back for part two. So thanks, Leslie, for jumping back on with me because you are very active in this with a great book you know together we rise and i wanted just to dive into this uh women in staffing women in our industry because we've interviewed a, a several of them and they're yeah. very powerful and i um totally respect it and learn so much but i wanted your input with it what do you think about that uh, women in our industry sure well thank you andy for having me as a guest a second time and really shining the light on Women's History Month and International Women's Day, which is on March 8th. And I would say, as I reflect back on my experience in the industry, if you think about, I've been in the industry since 98, so quite a few years. And I look back and I think about being in an industry where we actually have a lot of women. And if you look at statistics, which I'll talk about here in a second, it's in some cases 50% male-female ratio and often at companies even more women. But it starts that way equally at the entry-level field. And then as you move up the ranks into mid-level, senior and executive management and board level and even investors within our industry, the numbers drop dramatically. So it could go from... 50-50 down to low 20s uh, in executive suite for women and even less 4% women of color within the industry. So it's something that we've spent some time looking at and digging into and and really trying to understand the why and just focus on, you know, equality for all. You know, the why of that is why is that? Is it because women are going to start a family they don't come back. I'm, I'm just in my head. I'm trying to think where is the disconnect because, you know, the, the talent is there. Right. Exactly. There are so many reasons, Andy. It's definitely not one, but you hit on one really important piece, which is when you're starting to have a family. And when you think about just little things about time of leave and familial leave and everyone taking leave, men and women, everyone alike, regardless of their situation, starting, you know, leading from the top and showing people that it is okay to take leave and not make assumptions that just women should take the leave. And unfortunately, that does set us back. When you think of pay equity and just general equity for women in leadership, 
starting a family does play a little bit of a role in that for sure. I have this story of a recruiter I was interviewing. Uh, Bullhorn used to do awards every year, and I was one of the judges of the award program, and I was interviewing a rising recruiting star. She was up as a finalist for the award. And I remember saying to her, like, wow, this is so incredible. You know, I'm, look at your statistics and what you offer the company culturally. This is, you just must be so proud. What's next for you? And her response was, well, now, mind you, Andy, she was single at the time, single. She said, well, eventually I'd like to get married and have a family. There's no way I can do that within this, basically this industry. Yeah. So I'm going to have to go into, I don't know, maybe training, learning and development. And I just paused for a minute and I said, this is the articles you read about. This is why women drop out before they even are in. They're dropping out. And here, this is a rising star. So as you know, I host an executive women and recruitment podcast called The Edge. And I said, please just allow me to share some stories with you of other women who have been able to have a career and have a family. We've been doing this for generations. But unfortunately, if you're in a company where that's not what you see, then you don't believe it can happen. Yeah. And by yeah. shining the light on these women, you see it can happen. And she just was over the moon. Like, I've got to share this with my friends. I need to show it to other people. But think about it. That's the reputation of what, if you don't see it, you don't believe you can be it. And if you think it's so metrics driven and so hard and tough, you think there's no way I can make that happen. We also have to have an adaptive process because you know, if, if someone decides to step away to have a child, can you still adapt what they were doing to, you know, okay, little Tommy or Susie is taking a nap. I can recruit. Moms are probably the most hardworking individual because they have to balance everything. And so right. I, I know with us here, you know, we don't start work until 845 because a lot of people dropping off kids and stuff. Yes. You know, we have a lot of working moms. And I love it because they, they're hardworking. They under, understand how to prioritize. But sure. as an owner, we need to recognize we don't want to alienate that talent to think, OK, it's this or this. Well, why can't it be somewhere in the middle? Right. And, and be open to having those discussions and don't be closed off. Well, they're not hitting these numbers or whatever. It's like, look, yeah, I'm going to hit it. It's just we're going to look a little different. Right. Yeah. And I mean, again, like I said, there's many reasons. There's many women. I didn't have Grace and our son, who's now six, until I was 43. So for me, that piece didn't really impact the familial part of it. Yeah. Didn't impact me with my career. However, a lot of women, there's a great book called How Women Rise, and there are several characteristics in it that talk about what hold women back. And certainly I fell into the category of several of those. And one of which is just imposter syndrome and confidence and feeling like you can go for it or not. And yeah. I'm telling you just, and you know, as well, I started a women in technology company called Ara. We have around 6,000 people who are who have been part of that program. And it's to attract, retain and advance women in tech. And time and time again, it's, well, I can't really go for that promotion or that job because I don't check off these different yeah. characteristics or traits. And however, their male counterparts just go for it and just yeah. continue to rise up. Or I, I actually did a panel once with the CIO from, at the time, Expedia, and we were asking him the question about you know rising up the ranks in the company. And he said, well, women tend to leave at the end of the day on my team. And they, they 
they're not in my office telling me one what they did they're telling me what their teams did but they're not telling me what they did and he just said basically when it comes time and he said i know this isn't right and he was so appreciative of being on it was a panel for a women's event he said i'm learning so much but women tend to leave at the end of the day to go do different things. It could be taking care of their family. It could be many other things. Whereas he said the men kind of stayed around. So when it came time for promotion, he went with who was top of mind. And sadly, the women were not top of mind. And again, he said, I can't believe I basically like saying these things, but this is the reality of the situation. So it's just changing and making change and being aware of it, both men and women alike. And working on those different things uh, that we need to do to build that confidence, to go for it, um, train, P&L training. Traditionally, women are in a lot of times non-fee earner roles. So to get from, you know, not managing a P&L to the C-suite can be tricky, but you know that. So take the time to go ahead and do the proper training to make sure it's an even playing ground across the board. All these are great points. And then you, you, where did you come up with writing a book? I know several of you got together, together we rise and just to put this on paper, how, walk me through how that came about. Sure. Well, um, first of all, yeah, thank you. Together we rise. I have a copy right here. Of course. I feel like this is my third hand. I have it with me all the time. Um, just to remind myself and keep this top of mind. I mean, originally it was actually, we were going to executive forum in March of 2020 and I had set up a dinner to celebrate Joyce Russell, who, you know, well from a deco group. Um, now she's the president of the U S foundation for, um, the, the U.S. And she, at the time, had published a book, um, Cherry on Top, uh, Life Lessons in uh, Leadership and Life. And she um, she's just such an incredible leader and role model and mentor for me as well. And I thought, we need to celebrate her. So I had put together a group of 15 of us total. And a lot of these women had never met, didn't know each other, but I knew it was the right group of people to bring together to celebrate Joyce for various reasons. March 2020, pandemic hit, conference canceled, and we decided to host a book club and to honor Joyce. So we just did, we were thinking a one-time book club. Let's honor Joyce and have her share her story and learn more about her book. Um, And during that, I think it was Teresa Carroll who said, you know, we should launch a book club. And at the time we were entering a pandemic. A lot of people had either recently started a company, one of them being Lauren Jones, had newly taken on CEO roles of global publicly traded or private equity backed companies, had um, lost their jobs or just change in life in general. We were afraid and we didn't know what was going to happen. And while we had been through downturns, we hadn't necessarily, no one had been through a pandemic. So we really came together each month and it started with bringing in authors and interestingly, you know, authors who traditionally probably we couldn't have had, but now that everything was on Zoom and they also were impacted by not speaking at conferences, they were more than willing to speak to, you know, our group. Um, from there, we actually like cooked together. We had a chef come in and teach us how to make lasagna. We did um, workouts together. We really turned into, you know, working peers into friends and partners. Support. 
the support and we did business together. I mean, that yeah. was the other thing. Like, you know, a lot of times you talk about men doing business on the golf course. We were yeah. doing business over Zoom. We were building these contacts and connections and friendships and, and really being there for one another. And one about a little bit of time into it, an author came and said, you know, and she heard all of our stories, how we were doing business together, what we were doing to support one another. And she said, you all should write a book about this. And that's really how that came together. So it was supporting Joyce and then um, that turning into a book club and then us building these friendships and connections and partnerships to writing a book. Ultimately, if you think about it, the book in Women Supporting Women, a lot of us did not have in our careers women who supported us. There yeah. weren't any seats at the table and people were clawing for those seats, unfortunately. So we really wanted to show that women should support other women and really come together and give examples and stories of how that is. In the end, each chapter really just shares our own kind of personal stories, so to speak. And it was tough. We were very vulnerable and put ourselves out there, myself included. Um, it was it was quite an experience, but the outcome and the um, feedback has been so remarkably positive of the impact we're making on people. We have companies who invite us to keynote events. Um, we'll do that individually or as groups. Uh, we're doing a lot of speaking engagements in March, as you can imagine. Conferences invite us from outside of staffing. They're just so incredibly grateful that a lot of the people, men and women alike, um, just feel like they're not alone. And I have to tell you, Andy, I know um, you have a daughter and I, uh, at the end, almost every time that I share my story, which is a lot around imposter syndrome and lack of confidence and just things that happened to me during childhood and then how that plays kind of, I call it the evil DJ. It's that song in my head that keeps saying, you're not good enough. You shouldn't yeah. be here. You're not this, you're not that. Um, the men come up to me in tears after. These are dads who are worried about their daughters and confidence challenges, how one thing they can say to them, which is true, can strip that for life. Or men who talk about women on their team and how they've learned so much and they're just overwhelmed by, okay, I, I can't believe these things actually happen. Yeah. And now my eyes are open. What can I do to help and support? And ultimately it is going to take men who are in the strongest power position, including our industry to make the greatest change. Well, you have to be able to see a like face in leadership. I mean, if, if I'm a, you know, female, I want to, if I have to see somebody ahead of me that, oh, I want to be like that. Right. So it starts somewhere. But I think over the last, I mean, last five or six years, we've seen this wave of, I mean, unbelievable women come through the industry that are now kind of in that Joyce being one, like, look, I want to be like that. Right. And there's something to strive for because I hadn't been there in the past. Um, you know, and, and I'll use Bullhorn as an example. I was at their, um, your their sales kickoff with 3d iq yeah. and we were before dinner or something they had the bar was um had all these women in it and i was like well, what's going on so of course i'm like i'm supposed to be here at this dinner so i just kind of be bop in i'm like one of the only guys there's like maybe i shouldn't be here but they were celebrating now they had 80 women they were intentional about it they're like hey we're driving this and they were um toasting to that and i was like that's awesome because I just like walked into something that I probably shouldn't have walked into, but <laughs> but they had the you know they were intentional about this is our focus, this is what we want, this is how we 
want to celebrate this and you know and you're looking around the room and there's like there, there's a lot of confident women there right um, in all roles but yeah. I mean, 80. I mean I was you're like, right it's new though if you think about it a lot of over the years i've never seen anything like this yeah. the movement to support it it's really an opportunity for us we're in this moment of time there's always these moments of time in lives from generations before to the future generations we're yeah. kind of in that moment in time where uh, we have an opportunity to make change in a way that we hadn't before so these groups and all of these different conferences and whatnot that never existed my yeah. in fact my mom she had she sat in on one of the webinars i was part of and she said i just wish we had something like this when i was in my career there was nothing women were not supporting each other and i just said i, I know it's this movement it's really truly incredible well kudos to you for you know shining a light on it bringing it to the forefront um confidence of you know putting yourself out there a little bit so great you know conversation i love this and happy march and um maybe we'll have a round three somewhere down the oh, future thank but, you, uh, thank do you, you mind so if i mention a couple things absolutely oh andy listen our industry i have to tell you for the first time ever in the history of our industry all of the associations have come together to support grounding ourselves in data as it relates to women in leadership and DEI yeah. in general. So ASA, SIA, TechServe, and the Women's Business Collaborative coming together and really working on uh, putting together data to help us track your year to see if yeah. we are making progress. I don't know if you've ever heard this statistic. I do talk about it a lot. It's from the um, Women's Business uh, or the World Economic Forum. It is going to take, and this is crazy to me to think about how many years, but over 132 years for us to reach equality. It's over 200 and plus years for economic equity. Um, when you think of equality for men and women to be paid equally over 200 years. And I started breaking that down in generations. And it really upset me to think like, I, my son and his grandchildren, great-grandchildren, great-great-grandchildren, like would they ever see equality? So there's a lot of things people are doing to say, we're not gonna sit back and wait for these statistics or for another Me Too movement or different things to happen within the world. We're not going to sit back and do that. So I just wanna share that I'm really proud of our industry for coming together and doing different things. You know, TechServe hosts an annual women's luncheon that we've been a part of every year for over 16 years at their conference. And then they now do roundtables for women. This is new in the last couple of years. ASA launched their Women in Leadership Council and Thrive, which I'm sure you've heard of. We have yep. the next virtual event, April 27th. I highly encourage you to join. It's um, an event for women, but we've got so many men who are starting to come and be part of the conversation as allies. And then they do Thrive Live during Staffing World. Something super cool that they're doing is they have a scholarship program for women. Uh, I think we had over 200 applications last year. We wow. were able to send eight. We take all of the proceeds um, for a portion of the proceeds from the book. Actually, the first um, year from Together We Rise went towards the scholarship program. So we were proud through speaking engagements and uh, book sales to fund six of those scholarships and hope that other companies will come forward. In fact, clearly rated, I don't know if you saw, they launched a new survey called Best Staffing Firms for Women. And you know what? This is holding people accountable. Yeah. If you're not on that Num list. Yeah, <laughs> numbers don't lie. They do numbers not. That's do not why lie. I keep saying like rooted in data. 
Um, and I know I'm talking fast, but it's so important to share. Um, Eric Gregg, who uh, was just on my allyship podcast that we launched, and he we have learned so much together over the years, just going, you know, at conferences and um, him being there for me, even um, he, he's just such a great and phenomenal ally, but they are going to donate um, $500 to the scholarship fund for any companies who um, sign up basically for this, uh, their best of staffing funds yeah. for women um, who haven't worked with them before, I believe it is. And then anytime between, I think through May, they're actually going to do a $250 donation for people who do the survey. So they're hoping to fund another three scholarships. So what I love is people are coming together in groups and organizations saying, we saw what you did with these scholarships and all of these women being able to go who wouldn't have otherwise been able to go. And we want to get on board with that as well, which I think is so um Phenomenal, phenomenal and fantastic. And then SIA during executive forum, the last day um, this year on Thursday, they've this will be the second year in a row. They're dedicating half a day to a whole topic of advancing women. It's open to both men and women. I was very fortunate to keynote it last year. We had a lot of men in the audience. And again, like I said, um, Andy, and I should have you on my allyship podcast, by the way, <laughs> just uh, return that uh, favor here and, and give you some spotlight because I know how important it is to you. You know, we talked about Joyce in the beginning, and I just want to close with, you know, having people sponsor you and having people, um, you know, talk about you when you're not in the room is yeah. so important when it comes to reaching that C-suite level. And that's what we need. If I were working with you, Andy, I would need you to talk about me when I wasn't in the room. Exactly. And if you hear someone say, I, I have an open board seat, Think about, you know, people who, you know, looking for them, including, um, you know, women. But Joyce Russell, I believe one of her greatest legacies is that she has put probably more women into the C-suite than any other executive. in our She is a trailblazer. She did something so gracious for me. She actually nominated me for Dress for Successes, Your Hour for Power campaign, which launches March 1st. And the intention is really to um, drive awareness and help um, lead, you know, when it comes to women being able to be successful. So I, I hope that you'll take a look at the campaign when it launches. Um, oh, yeah. We will every day during the month of March. And I this is one of those imposter syndrome moments for me when I look at the other women on the list. I'm like, why am I on that list? Yeah. I'm on that list because Joyce nominated me she put me forward she sponsored me and i'm so grateful for that that's what it takes to make a, a big change is for us to to be there for each other um so i'm really excited to represent um dress for success and help other women um and in particular get into our industry and raise awareness for staffing most of their i think it's 60 percent are people of color um, and there's a huge percentage of single moms Yep. and people who are in poverty let's make a change and a difference for them and the staffing industry needs diversity so let's see what we can do together Indeed. and obviously i'm passionate about this but that's so great about you and that's why i wanted you to come back because i know how passionate you are but you know i challenge the listeners to be intentional if you're not talking about it or you know discussing it then you're something's wrong so um great conversation i'm glad you're here and doing this and kudos to you and i'm again 
Thank you so much. Oh, Andy, thank you. And uh, yeah, I just appreciate you having this platform and using it to talk about uh, celebrating everything we're doing in our industry to rise up everyone. So thank you. Awesome. Thank you. The Staffing Stories podcast is brought to you by 3DIQ, founded by recruiters for recruiters. 3DIQ's industry-leading product suite complements your submission process in Bullhorn from start to finish and helps you deliver a cutting-edge customer experience. Triple your placements with our powerful resume submission platform, candidate marketing, and client portal. Visit 3DIQ.com stories to learn more.